Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message from Alex Barsinghouse. We're pretty excited for Gabe and Charity. But this morning, as I prayed, you know, coming off the Empower Conference last week, I just felt God wanted to bookend a few things, you know, before the Empowered Conference weekend, I felt from the Lord to uh, speak about prophecies and prophesying and empowering the body of Christ to do that. And we, we saw a theme of that with Pastor Catherine Rulnala, who enjoyed the conference, by the way. What a powerful time that was. And, and then there was a theme throughout conference about returning to the first love. And that was impressed in my heart this week as I was preparing this sermon and praying about it. And there was this one little line that Pastor Catherine talked about in her sermon, and by the way, I'm just like enjoying this new uh, stage space and extension, I don't have to worry about the stairs falling over anymore, so big thank you to Marcus Barkley, there you are, and also Adrian Clark for building this out this week in such a short amount of time, thank you so much, I don't feel like I'm going to fall off now, so thank you, but Pastor Catherine talked about an interesting concept. One that perhaps that we haven't talked about much or even in, in the body of Christ as walking with the Lord for the last almost, uh, you know, 16 and a half years. It's a concept that's rarely talked about or even thought about. And that is ministering to the Lord. Because often we, when we think about ministry, we think naturally ministering to those who are in need. But when we look at and study scriptures, God has actually set for us the ultimate ministry the preeminent ministry that takes precedence over any other ministry, and that is, that is ministering to Him. And if you don't believe me, that's cool. We'll, we'll get to the Bible soon. But even when the Lord gave the Torah at Mount Sinai and established His people, a worshipping army instead, in, instead of an aimless, wandering worship band and worshipping army, He also established a tribe who had the primary role of ministering to him. So let's turn to Deuteronomy 10, 8. It says this. At that time, the Lord separated the tribe of Levi to, to bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord, to minister to him, and to bless his name to this day. Did you know your Bible says that? That there was a select group of people that was selected chosen to minister to him often when we think about ministry it's ministry to others in need and it's a bit of a mind-blowing concept because why does God need ministry why does he need us the creator of heaven and earth who sustains all things all power can be in every single situation all present but why does he need us to minister to him you know I was thinking about it it's, it's been something that I've been, been doing since I was a young Christian. But it impressed on my heart even more so as a father with kids and seeing the dynamics that I have with my children, that their ministry to me, even though I don't use that term, but when I think about it in this context, when they spend time with me, when they love me and adore me, naturally, what's our response as good parents? to love them and adore them and bless them and, and look after them. 
And, uh, you know, we're, we're pretty blessed with some uh, pretty awesome kids, and we've had some uh, uh, people in, in our church just say, you, you know, your, your kids just seem so solid and so loved. And one of, the, one of the people that said that has a psychology background, and, and she said, it's because they are so loved by you guys as parents. And, you know, in this house, you may not have grown up with your natural mother or father, but you have a perfect heavenly father where as you minister to him and he ministers to you, you will feel that love. You will feel that security, that well adjustment in who you are and your identity in him. And what I love as my kids spend that genuine time with me in ministry to me, I'm just using that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to use that term a lot today. And not for, for just the blessings, you know, because my, my firstborn, all, all my kids in their toddler years were, were pretty, um, pretty much one-sided in, in choosing which parent that they want to spend time with. And it's their mama. And the middle one, especially Alana, she's like a cat. You have to work hard for her affection. <laughs> and I took her out two weeks ago to Starbucks, got her one of those pink electric donuts, it's, it's not poisonous, it sounds a little bit, but it's not, although who knows, got her baby Chino, and she goes, Daddy, I love you so much, I go, oh, that's nice, I go, how come, she goes, because you buy me donuts, <laughs> I thought, that's great, but do you actually love me for who I am, <laughs> she said this the other day, I go, Alana, who's your best friend? And she goes, me is my best friend. I go, why is that? She touches her face. Me is so beautiful, Daddy. I go, what about me? What about my face? And she goes, well, your face is different. Have a look in the mirror. <laughs> wow. Great ministry, Alana. Thank you so much. But it says this in First Chronicles 23, 13. The sons of Amram, Aaron, and Moses. And Aaron was set apart he and his sons forever, that he should sanctify the most holy things, to burn incense before the Lord, to minister to him, everyone say minister to him, and to give the blessing in his name forever. You know, when David also brought back the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem, he appointed and financed 4,000 Levite priests with the express purpose of praising the Lord with the musical instrument that he provided. And these singers and worshippers weren't just hired for his entertainment. They were set on assignment to minister to the Lord 24 hours, seven days of the week. How amazing is that? That to think as a body of people, as a body of believers, that we get to minister to the Lord. Deuteronomy 21.5, I'm just going to read a few scriptures to set the foundation straight. Then the priests, the sons of Levi, shall come near, for the Lord your God has chosen them to minister to him. Everyone say, minister to him. And to bless in the name of the Lord, by their word, every controversy and every salt shall be settled. Do you get that? There's stuff going on, there's things to deal with. But if our ministry is first and foremost to the issues around us, because that's our natural tendency as people to help out, then we're just operating out of, out of our own power, out of our own flesh. But if our first ministry is to minister to Him, then it says, 
will be able to handle every controversy and every assault shall be settled. Is your ministry first to the Lord or is it to the issues? Ezekiel 44:15. But the priests, the Levites, the sons of Zadok, who kept charge of my sanctuary, when the children of Israel went astray from me, they shall come near me to minister to me. Everyone say, minister to him. And they shall stand before me to offer to me the fat and the blood, says the Lord God. Ezekiel 43.19 says this, You shall give a young bull for a sin offering to the priests, the Levites, who are of the seed of Zadok, who approach me to minister to me, says the Lord God. Everyone say, minister to him. Second Chronicles 29.11 My sons, do not be negligent now, for the Lord has chosen you to stand before him, to serve him, that you should minister to him and burn incense. Everyone say, minister to him. It kind of sounds like my old Catholic church. <laughs> Let's put a bit more passion in that. Minister to him. I love the Catholic church, by the way. I love that. You, you know, I, I, let's let's uh, let's stop kind of like bagging out other denominations. They're they're cool. They're cool. I met some priests who are just on fire for God, who speak in tongues and full of the power of God too. I am a little bit cheeky. Sorry for that. But the Lord wants us and expects us to minister to Him. You know, as as a young believer, it, it was quite easy, especially as a single guy, to just. Uh, break away and, and find time with God and, and, and spend hours upon hours with God, especially during my day off. You know, there'll be times where I just wanted to just spend a whole day out with God. I would drive to Geelong for sure, uh, do just many different things. It, it felt like God was saying, what, what, would you spend some time with, with me, son? Like a father-son day out. I would go to Mount Dandenong's and, and spend time with him and read my Bible, and climb, you know, the thousand steps, be exhausted, but still have fun with the Lord. And I didn't realize what I was doing back then is what he was saying in, in his word, ministering to him. And as a, as a young guy who was so scared of speaking to the public, or public speaking rather, and even in home group settings, to be able to speak to even a small group of 12 people, 20 people, would freak me out, but as God would minister to me as I ministered to Him, He was slowly working on my identity and who I was in Him, and not, that, not what I was doing. You know, my, my kids, people say my kids are solid, they, 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 so they know they're loved. All, all my kids, they, they didn't start out kind of like this bold kind of uh, type of personality, and, and they're still working on, on you know, being out there, not being so kind of uh, inhibited in who they are. But as we speak over them, as, as we pray over them, they know what their father's voice is saying about who they are and cancelling any lies or any concerns or any doubts of their identity. As they, they hear these words, as we speak it, as we pray over them, what happens? The, the result of who they are as a person shaped by the, the Father's voice, accepted by the Father's love, we see that our, our kids are growing strong in the Lord, that they're taking up 
roles in, in their schools where they're just exceeding and excelling. And all glory to God. As we minister to God, our first ministry, then to our family, then to everywhere else around us, we're seeing the fruit of that. And you know, we're going to spend a bit of time ministering to the Lord this morning. I sense it's perhaps been a while since some of us had a chance to do that. Because I get it right, as, as a man with a young family, a seven-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old, it's quite hectic. And, and, and uh, massive respects to the mums who raise up their kids. We were at a birthday party yesterday. I saw uh, Kai. I think you were in the room. I saw you before. And his wife's on a uh, weekend away for his, for his sister's 18th. And I saw Kai just wrangling his two toddlers. I thought, ah, yes. We've all been there, especially our wives. It's, I get it. It's sometimes hard to find that time with the Lord. And I just ask God, when can we actually spend this quality time together? We've got work to do. We've got families to look after. And I remember in my previous church, I was going through a similar thing. My kids were younger. And there was that challenge of just setting time aside and finding time to spend with God. And I got one of our leaders to pray for us. And I said, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm lacking in this area. It's really hard for me to find time with God. I'm exhausted. And he prayed over me. What happened was for basically two years straight, I would wake up 3.30, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the morning. And that's the time God would choose to spend, for, for me to want to spend time with him. I thought, this is crazy, God. I've, I've got a massive day. But do you know, those days that I, I decided to minister to the Lord, to worship Him, to engross myself in, in His Word. Those days that I did those, although it sounds counterproductive in terms of our energy and our sleep, those were the days that were most fruitful. Those were the days that things just lined up better. But when issues were to come, it, it, it didn't take me out for six. So I was actually ready for it. I was just surprised with the peace that was happening in my heart when stuff would come my way. But I would look back that morning. I got my recharge from God. And it's similar to Jesus, right? Because Jesus demonstrated this. We, we are to be imitators of Christ. In Mark 1.35, even Jesus was a big fan of the uh, early morning prayer. It says this. It says this. Mark 1.35. To verse 39. Very early in the morning, while it was dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also, that is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Do you see there's a little template, little format there? Did he go out and preach and drive out demons and then pray? Or did he first pray, spend time with the Lord, and then go out in power? 
You, you know, when Jesus went to the wilderness, when the Spirit led him into the wilderness to pray and fast for 40 days, and, and the enemy tried to tempt him and wasn't successful in that, the Bible says when he entered his fast, he returned to Galilee with great power. There's a direct correlation in us ministering to the Lord, being in his presence, eating up his word, that translates into power, into authority, into us hosting his presence. Who knows when Moses was up on the mountain with the Lord, he came down looking different. His face was glowing. The reason why I got saved, became a born-again, on-fire believer was, as a young man straight after high school looking for just anything to fill the void in this heart, through clubbing, through drinking, through girls, None of those things satisfied until one day I was invited to a youth meeting hosted by some pastor's kids that I grew up with who I knew became rebellious and then all of a sudden they're holding, holding this youth meeting. So I thought, I've got to check it out. As soon as I walked in, got there really early, the band was practicing. They were just all siblings, you know, pastor's kids. And I sensed that they were carrying something. There was this presence in the room this tangible thing I can sense in my heart. And before anyone even preached or, or the worship started formally, I, I knew in my heart, this is what I was after. This is what I need. They're carrying something that I want. You know, I've shared this story before. In, in my last job, in my corporate job, I was walking towards uh, a lunch spot with my boss. I ran into an old friend from my previous church. And we just started talking to each other. I introduced him to my boss. And then when, she, when we had all departed, my boss says to me, he's from, he's from church, isn't he? I go, yeah, yeah, how'd you know? She goes, there's something different about you guys. You, you guys just, you carry yourselves different. There's just something about you that I can't put my finger on. I said, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. So as we minister to the Lord, just like Moses did on the mountain, we actually walk away carrying something special. The presence of God. And he valued the presence of God, didn't he, Moses? He said, I will not go unless your presence is there. Thank you, Jesus. But the funny thing is with, with the way and, and who was selected to minister to God in the Old Testament versus the New is very contrasting. You think about what we, the scriptures we read, it was, it was chosen people of God. It was the Levites. And there was other tribes and other Israelites who didn't have that opportunity to minister to him directly. You know, they, they said that there's a, the Holy of Holies where the presence of God was there behind a veil. And I had to look this up because I've seen it in, in many Christian films that they would tie a rope around their ankle or their waist, but it actually doesn't say that in the Bible. So I looked it up a little bit further. It's actually a Jewish traditional or belief that in case that priest who goes into the Holy of Holies had done something bad, the Lord would strike him down. They would pull out the body. And, you know, Pastor Dan's got an office upstairs that not many people know about. I often hold meetings there, and, and people who are new there, they're, they're just like in awe, like, wow, is this Pastor Dan's office? I said, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I'm not sure what kind of week you've had, but let's tie a rope around your ankle. <laughs> I'm joking. They laugh. But God's presence was confined to this special place, the Holy of Holies. And when Jesus, the ultimate and perfect sacrifice, who was at the same time our high priest, as Hebrews 4 says, when he presented himself to the Lord as the perfect sacrifice, who knows that he receives us? That the veil, like in, in Corinthians says, 2 Corinthians 3.16, Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. There's no more separation between you and the creator of the universe. You are seen as holy. The Bible says, for we are the pleasing aroma of Christ to our God. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ. When he sees you, he sees the perfect sacrifice for your sins, for your mistakes. So then when we get this chance to minister to him, we we don't need to think that there's this great wall of separation that we, we can't directly talk to God. In fact, Jesus said, I've made a way for you that you can enter my throne room with boldness to obtain mercy and receive grace for the time in need. So we have this awesome opportunity that we're not no longer outcasted, or even if we were in the Jewish family, we're no longer feeling like we're second-class citizens where we think it's only for the special people that get to minister to the Lord, to get to directly hear from Him and feel His presence. We're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, the Bible says. Did you know that you are a royal priesthood? That in the book of Revelations, it says that we are made kings and priests, a royal kingdom for Him. So well done. You are a priest. Just by receiving the Lord, that you get to do your priestly duty and minister to Him. And as He ministers to you, you walk away with the power. You walk away with the authority that you need. Because who knows, everyone in this room has been given a ministry. The Bible says, Behold, the old has passed, the new has come. And I have entrusted to you the ministry of reconciliation. How are we to minister reconciliation if all we're doing is in our flesh? If all we're being is just reactive and responsive and, and not really ministering to Him first and hearing His direct instructions and and revelations about who we need to approach. Yes, there's, a time, there's times when people just come to us and we, we minister to them. But it needs to come first from a place where we've ministered to him first. And he's ministered back to us. You know, I, I was just chatting to one of our um, young business guys in our church. He's currently in Canada en route to New York as well. I call him the Mark Zuckerberg of uh, Harvest Bible College. That's where we met. He, he didn't finish his uh, college degree because he pursued digital marketing and uh, made a, a ton of success there. He felt from the Lord to pursue a different area now, natural source of energy. And he's shaking up governments, this renewable source of energy, 
the, the finance backing needed to pull it off, and he's winning favor. He, he did a pit stop on Friday. He rang me. I, go, I thought you were overseas. I, go, no, I decided to come home first from Indonesia, Singapore, hotter nations. Got to get my jacket for New York and Canada. And he said to me, over the last two weeks that he was overseas, he had 18 meetings. And he was on his knees a lot. Knowing that in his own strength, he can't do any of this. I mean, he's, he's tendering deals with governments, not just in the millions, but potentially billions too, with the UN. This is big stuff. And he knows that he can't do it in his own wisdom, in his own strength, that he's on his knees. He depends on God because he knows he's just a vessel for his glory. So I know that he gets it. I know his priorities. It's the Lord, it's family, and then it's his business, his ministry of reconciliation. That's his dream. And God is saying, I want to touch your ministry. I want to touch your business, your family, your workplace, your colleagues, your school, your students, your, your principal, whoever it is. But will you minister to me first before you minister to them? Will you spend hours with me first before you spend hours pouring yourself out to them? And I sense that God wants to just rekindle that, that love to want to just uh, spend hours with God, to spend time in worship and reading the Word. You know, I was watching um, Benny Hinn recently, and he loves the Word of God. He reads it three times a year. Not like opens it three times a year, but reads the full Bible three times a year. And he told a story where he flew a pastor once to this trip. And he found out the pastor doesn't even read the Word of God. He just reads books to help people. And he said to him, you're in danger of your soul. Unless you build this reservoir of God's truth in you, when the enemy comes to attack and tempt you, you've got nothing to fight with. Sadly, this pastor didn't heed the warning or wisdom. And many years later, he actually overdose on drugs and God doesn't want that result God doesn't want anyone to go through that and we, we don't need to right as we minister to him as we spend time in his word and and praise him you know I was thinking about it this past week it's been a long time a very long time since I felt empty in here since I felt lost and wondering what's life about in fact I can't even pinpoint the last time I felt like that prior to becoming a Christian. The last time I felt empty and lost in here was right before I got saved, July 16, 2003. I guess I've just been blessed and I've just, it's been, it hasn't been a perfect journey, it's been ups and downs, but God has always drawn me back to Him. There'd be times where as a young believer would spend hours with God at the beach, I'd, I'd jog there after getting home from work and just spend hours with God. Would witness to people, would listen to worship, read the Bible. Then I stopped it for a little bit. I let work consume me. I got busy. I was studying Bible college. 
I even let that take its place, thinking, oh, this is, this is ministry to God. I'm, I'm doing His call, His will. But I stopped my, my first and preeminent ministry, which is a ministry to Him, spending time with Him. And God is so gracious. About 2.30 in the morning when I was in that season, I woke up to the sounds of waves crashing, seagulls in the air. I, I heard in my room, it was all dark. I thought, someone watching a movie, Beaches or what's the one with Betty Midler? And I looked down the hallway and everyone was asleep. No TV was on, no lights were on. And I could just hear the beach. And God was saying, would you come back and spend time with me, son? I'll get it now. I, 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 I know what the Bible is talking about. That our first ministry is to Him. Then He ministers to us. Then we minister to our families and others. So we get a chance to minister to Him right now. To fill this altar. To rededicate our ministry back to Him. As we sing perhaps, do it again. Because the Lord wants to do it again in you and through you. I sense leading up to this morning, before I got up to speak, there's some of us in this room that just spent endless of hours with the Lord and not even be concerned about the clock. And God wants to bring that back. He, he wants to find, He's going to make some time in your day to do that. It might be morning, it might be night, it might be throughout the day might be in drips and drabs. It might be long chunks. You know, we have evangelist Tim Hall going to join us January or February 2020. We're just locking in some times. But as I've gotten to know the man, he would tell me when he's not traveling the globe doing ministry, he drives out to Mount Macedon and just spend hours with the Lord, just walk up and down those pine trees, that, that forest, and just spend hours with the Lord. So when he does his ministry time, when he goes overseas and ministers locally here, it's no wonder that people get set free of the things that's holding them back. It's no wonder that they get healed of their sicknesses that maybe have lingered for many, many years. Because God empowers him. God entrusts him. But what I love about his heart, it's a ministry just directly because we love God. Not for any other agenda. Everything else will flow. It's just the added bonus. But I think perhaps the reason why I haven't felt so empty in here, I can't even remember if I have over the last 16 years, is because God's just so good. And I, I, I just want to celebrate him. If he wants to move in, in me and through me with other signs, wonders, and miracles, that's great. That's just an added bonus. But I get to spend time with my dad, with my father in heaven. So as we worship this morning, can I invite you to the front and minister to him? Because you are his priest, a royal priesthood. We get to enter the Holy of Holies with boldness. There's no condemnation. For those who are in Christ Jesus. And as we do that, I just want to speak to some people in this room who perhaps don't know what it's like 
to experience the things that I've just talked about. You, you have those questions in your heart about what's this whole life thing about? Why do I feel so empty? I mean, I have my good days where it's, all, it's just amazing and it's fun. It's feeling fulfilled and I feel significance. But then you have your days where you just wonder, what's the point? What's the point of doing all of this? And there's been some stuff that you've done, you regret. And God wants to come into your life right now. The Bible says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's knocking at the door of your heart. When we pass away from this life, we leave everything behind, all our accomplishments, everything that we've done, wins, successes, and we face God. But it's His will that none of us should perish. And He's made a way on the cross. Jesus was the ultimate and perfect sacrifice. And He stands now as your high priest. And He wants to administer that sacrifice that is done for you to our Father in heaven. Just like the priest in the Old Testament. To atone for their sins and their mistakes. But the difference is, in the Old Testament, people still held on to that guilt and that shame. But the ultimate perfect sacrifice of Christ means that we don't need to. He's got the power to remove the guilt and shame so that we can walk free in Him, forgiven. And then when we stand before our Father in heaven, we are like to Him, the pleasing aroma of Christ. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this and other resources and information, go to our website, firechurch.com.au.